Welcome everyone. My name is Dr. Melanie Carminati and you are tuning into the Know and Do Better podcast, where we chat with experts on a variety of different health, wellness, and holistic topics. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Shireen Campbell, who is an astrologist and shamanic practitioner, to name a few, and we will be chatting about astrology. Hello, Shireen. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to chat with you today, so thanks so much for being here. Oh my god, I'm super excited and thrilled to be chatting with you, Melanie. We have so many amazing things to discuss, so I'm I'm really thrilled. Thank you for bringing me on. Of course. So for everyone who is not familiar with Shireen, she is an astrologer, shamanic practitioner, Reiki master, timeline meditation, and crystal healer who has been fortunate enough to see thousands find their inner guru. For this reason, she has made it her life's work to guide others toward a greater awareness of themselves and a sense of power over their own well-being. Her vision is to live in a world where people understand the power they have to create the life of their dreams just by changing their relationship with themselves. She started My Little Magic Shop as a response to this vision after spending 14 years as a corporate retail executive in major companies, including Saks Fifth Ave, Macy's, Vince, and Century 21 department stores. Taking her immense experience building multi-million dollar businesses, she's ready to tackle wellness in an authentic way. She is also a graduate of NYU and holds a BA in journalism and most recently an MBA focused on entrepreneurship. So to get started, Shireen, I wanted to just chat about astrology in general. What is the history? Where does it date back to? And how has it been used? Yeah, that's a great place to start. So <laughs> astrology goes way, way, way back. So according to Google, it says that, you know, astrology <laughs> is about uh, 2,400 years, but I don't buy that. I think it goes back much, much earlier because there's historical evidence of like the Sumerians, you know, utilizing, utilizing the stars to do we don't know what because there's not that much much history and and also there's probably so many oral traditions that go back like or ever that, you know, where people were very in tune with the sun and the stars and the moon. So I don't know how old it is. I know it's really freaking old. <laughs> and a lot of cultures have successfully used astrology or utilized it a lot, like the Mayans used it for the cat for their calendars. And like, now we're in a time where I think astrology is in a place where things are about to get super exciting, because we have so much data. And astrology is very much math and and science base. Mm. So I'm excited to kind of see where goes in the future. But as far as what it is, I like to think about astrology, you know, kind of the universe's little cheat sheet for us. The universe was like, hey, like, let me give you like a code to figure yourself out. Like a roadmap. Yeah, a roadmap. Exactly. So here's your little cheat sheet. So you can get you can understand yourself a little bit better. So Mm -hmm. what I like to tell my clients is that I think about it like the weather, you know, you can turn on the weather report or like check your phone or whatever. And it'll be like today is going to be like nice and sunny and beautiful and then the next three days are going to be filled with rain and so I think about it in three parts like one part would be who you are as a person so like do you like rain do you like sunshine like are you a person who likes to run errands in the rain do you, or do you prefer to you know stay home and do things at home or are you someone who would rather run your errands in the rain because that's how you felt so like when I think of that I think of a person's 
natal chart. So like, it's kind of like the energy or like preferences, strengths and weaknesses that you've come into the world with. This is one part of astrology. The next part would be the actual like, you know, predictive part, like, is it going to rain? You know, like, is there a 40% chance of rain? Is there a 100% chance of rain tomorrow? Like, what does that look like? And so that in from an astrological perspective would be like, how the planets are continuing to move and how they're interacting with your energy. So that's the forecasting part of it. And then there's the free will part where it says you get to pick what you want to do. You do like you, you do what you feel like doing because you have free will the same way that you have free will. If I tell you, you know, it's going to rain outside, you can still go outside in the rain. You're just, you might get a little bit wet. So same thing with astrology. So when you combine them, what the astrologer is doing is looking at your unique perspective or the energy you bring into the world from your natal chart. And then they're comparing it with an astrological forecast, which instead of sun and rain would be like your love life your career like different areas of your actual life and they're telling you like you know this is what the energy might be like around those things or here's some key focuses so like I can tell you hey Melanie you know I looked at your chart and you know I see there's a lot of emphasis on you know career building right now and you could be like I want to chase boys so like I don't know if this you know is accurate for you but you could totally be like I want to chase boys like I don't care what you say like I want to get married right this second I don't even know if you're married or not but I'm just making this up but and I could be like well you know like I see that there's prime time for that about two years from now but right now is like a really wonderful and opportunistic time for you career-wise so you get to choose how you want to use that energy like do you want to use that energy to like kind of roll with the universe or do you want to use it to kind of go against what the universe has in store for you or do you want to like do you want to be in flow with the universe do you want to say okay like you know what I trust that there's a higher that there's some sort of higher plan for me so what I'm going to do is be really focused on my career you know be really open-minded to any opportunities and I'm just going to stick to that and then when it's time to chase boys and I'm going to like really focus in on that you can do it that way or you can say no screw what you say I'm gonna go chase (laughs) boys and so like this and so what happens often is that yes you can chase boys but you might find that you might accidentally not you know miss an opportunity or not be like as focused on you know Mm -hmm. projects that you could be focused on because you're kind of like thinking about something else and it's not to say you won't meet people but it's just Mm -hmm. that like the universe isn't going to be like as supportive and I've seen that happen like tons and tons of times so that's kind of how I think about astrology working which was a very long explanation but I love to give it because I feel like it reminds people that it's just kind of like how to become more in flow and working with the universe instead of working against it. That was a great explanation as to what astrology is, how you use it, how we can use it, and common ways that we either go with the flow or against the flow. So what's happening next month in astrology? Yeah, so like it's, you know, it's so interesting. We're getting ready to go into May. So for the last few weeks and most of April for the most part, and then a portion of March, we had this beautiful, beautiful time period, approximately six weeks when all the planets were going direct. And so this is a very special time period because it doesn't happen super often. And so this means that we're kind of getting the go ahead to just push forward and manifest the crap out of all the things that we need So, like for those of you guys that are listening. And if it's for April 27, while you're listening to this, 
I want you to definitely, definitely remember like this is when you give it your all because what happens is that with all the planets going forward, they're all supporting you to push forward. They're like, okay, accomplish that. We're opening all the doors. And if you get really focused and you set your intentions and you really get, you know, and you're in tune with your chart, you can really make some amazing things happen. And so what happens is that on 427, we're going to have Pluto, which is going to have a little pause and then start to go retrograde. So there's nothing inherently bad about Pluto retrograde. It's just that when any planet is retrograde, the focus shifts from like, you know, the external world and pushing forward into more of an internal focus. So with Pluto going retrograde, you start to kind of, we start to go within a little bit, you know, retrograde always implicates that we're like reviewing, revisiting, restarting anything with R, E, (laughs) restarting, resetting remembering all the RE words that's when planets are in retrograde so Pluto will be the first planet that goes retrograde and then on the 23rd of May Saturn's going to go retrograde then Mercury's going to go retrograde on the 29th so they're going to start to all kind of go backwards which is going to kind of Mm -hmm. slow us down a little bit because there's going to be more time for reflection so and there's nothing wrong with reflection it's just that when you're it's hard to reflect and push forward you know at maximum capacity So for the time leading up to 427, it's like, you know, execute, execute, you know, push all your goals out there. Another big thing that's happening in May is that we're actually going into eclipse season. Mm -hmm. Um, So some people freak out when I say the word eclipse, it's like they like, you know, start to have a little mini panic attacks. (laughs) So eclipse time is, you know, generally as a roughly six week time period that energetically is a little heavy just because there's lots of changes that are happening in your life. So eclipses are like super, super charged full moons or new moons. So we have full moons and new moons, one full moon a month and one new moon for each month. So new moon really represents a time for new beginning. So it's the start of the lunar cycle. Mm. So a new moon is all about setting intentions, like planting seeds, like the farmers back in the day used to, you know, plant under a new moon because that was the darkest time in the sky. And that means like bugs and critters and stuff could never find you know like your seeds they had a better opportunity of fully manifesting and then the full moon would be the time period that your seeds kind of fully have bloomed and have kind of like manifest like manifested so as above so below or however the saying goes so with the new moon is the time to plant that's when you start to write your intentions where you start new things where you meet new people like you're really focused on beginnings and then full moons are really about culminations or conclusions so meaning that you're really it's really a time to finish something to end something to complete something to learn to you know information could be shared that kind of helps you to gain some sort of deeper understanding so you can make a decision so with that said eclipses are like supercharged versions of those so we had the full moon eclipse on 526 which that one is going to be you know supercharged and so eclipses tend to what's going to be the biggest focus for you for the next six months so that's why they're super powerful so you always want to watch the week before and the week after an eclipse to see what comes up for you because Mm -hmm. that will allow you to see like okay this is probably something that's 
going to be a huge focus for me for the next six months. Mm. And then the new moon eclipse will be two weeks later on June 10th. So that one, again, you want to watch the week before and the week after. And so that will be a time for some sort of a new beginning for you. Wow. I can't wait. Yeah. Like good stuff. So what about the sun, like individual uh, charts, like the sun rising and moon signs? What do they mean? And and start there too, to make it more individualized. Yeah, totally. So what you're talking about are the big three. So folks refer to them. I've been hearing like even non-astrology folks referring to their big threes. So the big three are the rising, the sun and the moon sign. So I'll start with the sun sign because that's like the easiest one that people already know. So like, if you know your sign, you know your sun sign. It's just a shortened way of saying like, what sign was the sun in at the time of your birth? You just ask, what's your sign? (laughs) So so really the sun represents your sense of identity. I like to think of it as like the most consistent part of who you are. So I think that people, for the most part, you know, where this, there's a part of us that's the same, but then you get around your parents or your friends or your teachers or, you know, like your coworkers and you're slightly different, you know, like your partner, your, your personality has, you know, just multiple layers to it. So the sun is like the part of you that really is like the core and most consistent part of, of who you are. And so the sun is the most talked about astrological planet. It's Mm -hmm. called a planet in, in astrology. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that comprises of a natal chart. So the other two more po- most powerful ones are the rising sign and the moon sign. So the rising sign just means the sign that was rising at the time of your birth. And you can only get this if you know the time you were born. Mm-hmm. And so that this really needs to be birth certificate time because your rising sign can change your chart like so quickly, like 15 minutes, you can it could be completely different. So your rising sign really shows you how you show up in the world, like what people would guess if they were like oh like you know if they had to guess your sign they would more than likely guess your rising sign and it's also kind of how you kind of show up and present yourself so I'll give you an example like my rising sign Sagittarius so like most people will see me as like very adventurous and like always on the quest for knowledge like always you know seeking like I love to try I'm like a huge traveler like before COVID I was going everywhere also Sagittarius for some reason has people that are taller and I'm, t- I'm pretty tall. Um, so, that's, uh, so I think that that's interesting. Hmm. Um, but also a really fun trick about your rising sign um, or your ascendant. So it's called either your rising or ascendant is that this is a great, if for people who read like monthly or weekly or daily horoscopes, being able to read for your rising sign could give you much, much better accuracy. So I always suggest that you read for both your sun and your rising. And then the third and final one, your moon sign really represents how you emote. So how you self-nurture, how you care for yourself, what your emotional makeup is. So the moon sign is all about like how you, you know, process emotions. So like I have moon in Leo. So like, you know, for me, it's really important for me to shine. I need to shine a little bit. Um, But also like when it comes to my feelings, like, you know, Leo is a fire sign. So my emotions come quick and they go quick. So if you have something like a water sign, a moon in in the water sign, like you're very, very emotional you feel all the things like I have a friend who our charts are pretty different and she has a lot of water in her chart and I think her moon is in a water sign and she's like I feel everything all the time and I'm just like so weird not me 
<laughs> the moon sign really represents how you process and experience emotions, how sensitive you are to the emotions of others, and then also how you, it gives you clues as to how you can care for yourself. So that's a great lead into what I was going to ask ne- next to, is um, how can we take this knowledge and information and infl- how does it influence our daily lives and how can it help us? Yeah, for sure. You know, astrology is a super complex science. Like there's lots of like, you know, there's lots of things you can do. Like you can, you know, of course, study your whole chart and then look at it every five seconds. And I will tell you, I've been studying astrology astrology since like 2007. I definitely do not look at my chart that much (laughs) because otherwise I will like drive myself insane. What I highly, highly suggest for people is to follow the new moons and the full moons. So these only happen twice a month. And if I feel like if you can pay attention and become really diligent, about self-care activities around these very two special days each month like that doesn't require too much time but can really teach you to get in flow with the universe so again the new moon is about setting intentions so like you know you find like you can google like there's so many like lists of all the new moons throughout the year like I have an I have a calendar app directly into my phone so I can see like when things are coming up When you identify the new moon, you know that every new moon, I write down three intentions for the upcoming month. And I'm going to, you know, really focus in on those intentions for this month. And they don't have to be like anything crazy. You don't need to take over the world with your intentions. It could be something as simple as, you know, I'm going to be more joyful, you know, Mm -hmm. or like, you know, I'm going to make sure every week I laugh really hard or, you know, like, or they could be, you know, if you're highly ambitious, they could also be highly ambitious but it's about conditioning yourself to take a pause on a new moon to really sit and set your goals and be at one with your goals and then what you'll notice is you'll start to see the universe kind of conspiring you know to help you get there and then the second thing would be the full moon so two weeks after a new moon is a full moon Mm -hmm. and so full moons are really fantastic for cleansing of your space cleansing Mm -hmm. releasing so two simple things you can do on a full moon. So one of them is you can simply write down anything you want to release and then dispose of the paper, like burn it. Like, so a lot of people will burn it and then they'll, you know, take the ashes out into nature. But if that's like too witchy for you, that's totally fine. But you can just write down, you know, some things that you want to release and then like, you know, rip it up and put it in the trash or in the toilet or whatever you want to do with it. But it's just about really acknowledging that you want to, release you know and let go of of certain habits or beliefs or you know situations or relationships or circumstances that are no longer in alignment with your highest purpose and then the second thing that I think is really powerful for a full moon is to you know, either um, smudge your house, like smudge your house. So you can use sage or lavender or Palo Santo or like whatever you use to, you know, kind of let go of icky energy or push out icky energy could do during a full moon. And I think that those two alone will be massively like game changing for anyone. So I want to talk about love. Uh (laughs) (laughs) so does a true astrological best match exist and should we consider all of the potential matches big three or just the sun oh does everyone come to you with this question I like kind of like love and hate this question at the same time okay I have such like a 
Like I, you know, <laughs> explain. There's tons of articles. Like I've personally written ton, you know, tons of articles about astrological matches, right? So the thing is that it's an overly simplistic view of matching if you just do it based off of the sun sign. And it's still overly simplistic if you do it based off of just sun, moon, rising. And Mm -hmm. that is because, you know, people are very complex. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. we are some very, very complex folks. So like to truly understand, you know, how or whether two people complement each other, it really needs to, I think it really needs to be looking at two charts together and all the things and how they interact so for instance like Saturn is a really important planet when it comes to love because if I see you know one person Saturn harmoniously interacting with the other person's Venus or their Mars then that makes me feel like there's stability in the relationship and the relationship feels very feels like it could be something that two people are in it for the long term because they have that type of connection but Mm -hmm. if I see something like you know Uranus and on one person's Venus then I'd be like oh so like one person's gonna experience the other person is kind of nuts like (laughs) <laughs> so there's you know like so you and I think that the outer planets are incredibly incredibly important when you're looking for a long-term lasting loving stable relationship but you know like if you're you know if it's like someone that you know you're going on a first or second date with then I mean I think it's totally fine to use the sun signs you know like of course there are going to be some sun signs that are naturally harmonious with each other so all the earth signs go nicely with water signs earth signs go nicely with other earth signs water signs go nicely with earth but vice versa air and fire go nicely because I think about the elements right so like of course there has to be balance but like in order for fire to actually exist you need a little bit of air so they go really nicely together in order for earth to you know be fertile you need some water so Mm -hmm. that they like those go really nicely together fire and earth have a harder time because you know like you put some earth on the fire and the fire goes out Mm. (laughs) fire and water yeah, and then wa- uh, water, yeah, fire and water is a little bit tricky because the opposite could happen. So like fire will will heat water up so much that it'll evaporate it and turn it into air. So it'll <laughs> transform it. So I mean, depends on how you feel about that one. Um, and then water and air are interesting too, because, you know, like you that that's like sounds like a hurricane. <laughs> But I think that, if, you know, just meeting someone or dating some someone and, you know, like the, the sun signs are pretty compatible. I think that's a wonderful start. I definitely think that it's a little bit, if you're looking for, you know, information about true long-term potential, definitely the whole chart needs to be covered. And the last thing I will say is the North Node. That's a really, so for those of y'all that are, you know, out there Googling like stuff, I would definitely start with the North Node. That's like a huge love indicator. So north node i've never heard of this yeah so the north node is um it's not a planet it's like a point uh, it's like a point i guess they describe it and it really is a huge indicator as to what we've come to the planet to do so it's really about our mission in this particular lifetime so when you have your north north node connecting with any of your partner's planets that's indicating that 
they they probably have come to be with you along this long-term journey Mm -hmm. Um, so that's like a really really important thing that I would that I look for when I'm looking at clients charts to see like oh is this something that's really serious I look at Saturn and the north node for like long-term potential and then I look at Uranus and Neptune for potentially like trouble (laughs) So I wish I had a simple answer. Just like think about it this way. People are very, very complicated. So that means that like if, you know, you fell in love with someone who say like you are a Taurus and like they are an Aquarius or something, it doesn't mean that you're incompatible, even though, you know, a lot of people will say so because if you have other planets that complement each other, it will make up for potentially like places where you don't initially see eye to eye. Gotcha. So what is a what does a typical session look like for you for astrology? And then how do you infuse Reiki and some of the other um, practices that you use? Yeah, sure. So I have um I have a session that I kind of just like because I study so many modalities that I think they're so beautiful. And I really love to just like when I'm working with a client, just like tap into my intuition and access all the ones I can or feel called to. So I have a, a session called a magical healing session. I traditionally put together astro- so I use astrology, Reiki, crystal healing, some shamanic journeying, and sometimes I will pull cards and then I'll do like a chakra rebalancing situation so normally how it starts is that you know I look at the client's chart I will talk with them for a little bit about the chart so like that this is not like an all intensive like if you did a full astrology reading with me this is very much like a check-in like looking at you know your current energy and looking at what you know the energy that's you know coming in right now and like what you're really focused on I definitely look at where Saturn is to see kind of where you're feeling the most pressure in your life Mm-hmm. because Saturn tells you that like you can very easily see like okay like this person's having a hard time with money right now or this is they're mm-hmm. having a hard time with career or their relationships or mm-hmm. you know are challenged or what have you so I'll look to see you know what's happening in their chart and then I'll chat with them for a little bit to kind of understand what they want to get out of the healing and then from there first thing I'll do is of course you know like call in their ancestors call in my ancestors and just kind of settle myself and then I'll go through a chakra assessment so like kind of checking out what chakras are you know open and and fully functioning like which ones are struggling a little bit and then I will start by using crystals and some shamanic practices to bring those chakras that are out of whack back into balance sometimes I will put them through a journey if I'm having trouble uh, like unlocking one of the chakras so I will put them through a journey which is more or less a guided meditation where we will you know connect with your higher self and then potentially we will go to areas in your life that needed healing or connect with your ancestors whatever it is we'll go through a shamanic journey to help kind of release some of that energy that's stagnant and then sometimes I will journey for you I feel called to do so and then I will then I will do some Reiki and then I will kind of seal the healing like make sure all the chakras are fully balanced and then after that we'll sit and we'll talk for a little bit I'll tell you, you know, like what what I felt. We'll talk about what you felt. At the end, I just asked to pull a card to see if there was anything that, you know, the universe wanted to communicate with us or we needed to know about whatever, whatever we just kind of worked through. And then I will tell you to drink lots of water. And if 
you know, like you feel like the next couple of days that you're moved with emotions, just allow it to kind of, you know, flow through you because you still will be releasing stuff for a few days. And that's it. And that's how my session. Uh-huh. <laughs> so are these happening virtually and in person? Are you doing both or? Yeah. So I've been like, you know, I've been one of those people that, you know, I'm, a, I'm pretty introverted. So I'm like, you know, not that I've been taking advantage of like not being out and about with people, but I've been really appreciative to do a lot of things remotely. Yeah, yeah. It's still very powerful, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I've noticed no difference between mm-hmm. between the two. You know, like I, I, I definitely feel like people still call the next day or email the next day and like tell me about their experiences. And, you know, I, I feel like maybe also it might even be more comfortable for the person because they got to truly, you know, like they can turn their camera off or like they can mm-hmm. let go, like they can, you know, there's not someone like hovering over them or whatever. So I've been really, I think that like doing them remotely has been has been really great for me maybe I will do them in the in person again in the future but probably no time in the near future so with all of these things astrology reiki crystal healing pulling cards shamanic practices all of this is guiding the individual towards as you as I said and mentioned in your bio towards finding that inner guru what are some other benefits for life yeah I mean you know I feel like often my clients will come to me and they will say at the end of a reading like that's exactly how I was feeling Mm -hmm. you know when we finally talk about stuff Mm -hmm. you know oh like actually you know like I've been thinking about that a lot lately Mm. Or like, oh, I've been, you know, I think I had started working on that. And like, to me, that just is like a huge reminder that people are naturally in tune Mm -hmm. with their astrological chart and just with energy in general. Like most people like know, like deep down inside, you know, what, what's missing. They know what they want. They know what they need. It's just like a lot of times like society or like, the internet or the Instagram or whatever is telling us like all of these other things, you know, and we feel like we need to do all these other things. And when our like the little voice inside of us is like, no, I don't want to do that. But you know, like, you know, and I think that if we can figure out more ways to get in touch with that little voice inside and like allow it to become louder and allow it to truly guide us. So that's kind of the key to unlocking like all of your power. And so like with my sessions, like I definitely try to, this way the guided meditation part comes from like very often, you know, I'm like, you know, talk with your higher self. What is your higher self telling you to do? And like, I have yet, like, and I lead Friday night meditation circles too. So I'm like talking to all these people. I've never had heard anyone's higher self tell them to go do anything crazy, you know, <laughs> or like I've never heard someone's higher self be like, you know, like you're a stupid idiot or like, you know, say something mm-hmm. really crazy. Like people's higher selves are so wise. Like, so when they like sit, mm-hmm. go into that place of pause and calm and into like even a slightly meditative state and they're reflecting like that little voice inside of them is always like right and wonderful and loving and caring and so for some reason we still don't trust it you know as a collective so I just I think being able to make time however that is you do you do it but make time to 
listen to that inner voice. So you can do that through, you know, like writing. So like journaling is a great way. Meditation is a really great way. Anything that requires you to like stop and like go with it will allow you to get closer to, you know, that that inner voice within. And then I think there's so many other tools you can use to kind of amplify it. So whether that's crystals, you know, or astrology or cards or you know, like pendulums, like whatever it is, like there's so many ways to kind of amplify and get you more used to that listening to that voice. But I feel like at the end of the day, like that's kind of what we're here for. Amazing. So all of this is is really truly for emotional and spiritual wellness to strengthen that intuitive power. Awesome. Well, Shereen, this has been great. Any final words? Any final bits of information or anything you want to say? No. But I just hope you guys out there, you know, anyone that's listening, I just, I just want to remind you that, you know, like you are more powerful than you can even imagine. Like you have something really special and magical to contribute to this world and to give to this world. So please spend some time going within so you can get in alignment and you can step into that power because look around the world needs you now you know the world needs you to shine the world needs you to be your best and most amazing self like whatever that talent is whatever that special thing it is even if you don't even think it's special I just want you to really try to connect with yourself so that you can understand the true depth of your power and your beauty beautiful well thank you shereen thank you and thank you everyone for tuning in to the know and do better podcast if you've enjoyed this podcast be sure to like and follow us wherever you find your podcasts you can also follow uh, my business inspira physical therapy and pilates on instagram and at inspirafysicaltherapy.com be sure to stay tuned for our next episode and thank you again shereen thank you have a wonderful month, guys. Bye.